Well, 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 gentlemen, greetings. We are trying some, we're trying some newfangled technology. And uh, hopefully it works. Mr. Max, welcome, fine sir. I hope you're doing well in the communist utopia of Leafland. I hope you have a, I hope you have the Lord provide you with a ram in a thicket, if you know what I mean. Drongo, good actual evening. <laughs> Welcome, fun sir. So uh, I've been meaning to stream every day, but as it is, life happens. And our good internet is across the river that way. Well, number one, it's been raining every day. Andrew Quinn, African Kangs. Welcome, fun sir. Guyanant uh, to you. Our, uh, our Wi-Fi is all like beamed in. So it's been raining here like crazy. People have been singing Bless the Rains Down in Africa too much. It's been on repeat a little bit too much, frankly. So anyway, we haven't, yeah, haven't been able to get to that uh, Wi-Fi. And then my brother kindly gave me his dongle, which looks like we're working. Looks like we're working. So um, anyway, and we got rained in today. So we were going to go across to the good Wi-Fi. And uh, we got 80 mils in about half an hour of rain. It was pumping down, like absolutely bucketing down, heavy, heavy rain. And um, it's obviously been raining here nonstop for months. So it's just straight runoff. And so we have to cross. I think it's just the one bridge to get there. But anyway, that bridge was totally overflowing. That was the uh, photo I used for the um, uh, photo on Twitter tonight. This bridge is about two meters off the river and it's just totally covered and there's trees over it and everything. So uh, we'll be pulling trees off and chainsawing and stuff tomorrow to, to get out, which is fun. Drongo, no more American time zone magic, fake pretend evenings. <laughs> Let me tell you, there's a lot of fake pretend things that you can do in a studio. You know what I mean? It's a lot of things. So anyway, I've been having fun. Um, my wife and I went down to uh, Peter Maritzburg on Monday, which is the capital city of the province in which I grew up. KwaZulu-Natal. And my goodness, the deterioration has been drastic. So uh, I don't know what, six months ago, maybe, might be more, I can't remember when, but there were a bunch of riots and everything going on where they burnt, they just, they went on this uh, absolute spree of carnage, not unlike uh, the summer of love <laughs> in America. But they ended up burning these huge shopping mall slash commercial districts, which is just idiotic because it's like you're burning, you're destroying your own infrastructure. It's just absolutely idiotic. But the town is just a ruin. It's an African, uh, you know, the Africanization of a of a once really good infrastructure, really brilliant first first world city. You know, you could you could have called it a first world city, and now it's a it's basically Mogadishu uh, 2.0. Um, so that was sad. It was kind of like disappointing for me. You know, I was like, <laughs> my wife and I did what we needed to do. And then it was like, let's go. Home. <laughs> let's get out of here. It was, uh, it was pretty disappointing. Um, but along that line, it's got me really thinking, you know, from, from when I kind of left South Africa five years ago, uh, to now, um, I've obviously had a lot more acclimatization uh, to obviously Kentucky, to Indiana, Ohio, you know, this kind of region where, where my wife is from. Um, and to now come back 
after you know five years obviously we've come back this is our third time back you know visiting again now but uh, each time the the deterioration gets worse but but you've got to ask like from what you know and and what is this feeling that i'm feeling because it really is a reverse culture shock being back where you know i had to almost deal with too much black pill you know coming back i don't want to despair i don't want to be the guy who's despairing and and all the stuff and and anyway i was having a chat with my brother and i was like you know just lamenting all of the things of my my trip to peter maritzburg <laughs> and uh when he left my wife was like uh i think you black pilled on your brother <laughs> and i was like man she's right i need to repent like you know no no victimhood no despair uh, but we need to, we, we also like, we need to account for what is, you know? And, um, so it, it's really got me thinking on the, on this whole line, this last couple, I don't know, three, four, five days or so. It just been journaling and reading and chatting and visiting and, you know, being back where I, where I grew up and, and the memories that we had and, uh, you know, not only compounded, you know, South Africa's multiculturalism has, has been a, a disaster, not only for the white people, it's been a disaster for the black people, for the Indians, for the coloreds. Uh, it's been a disaster. Um, and then you throw in on top of that mass emigration of the white population, you know, I, I don't know, I think it's like something like 100,000 a year um, have left since 1990. You know, so that's a huge swathe of the of the population, um, and then you know throw in the whole COVID lockdown thing. Number one, destroying whatever middle class was left, but number two, destroying relationships. So you know, I would come back, and I would be happy. I'd be excited to see all of my old friends, my old school friends, my old church friends, my old sport friends. You know, the different stages of life, friends that that you have from your past. And this COVID thing has absolutely shattered uh, minds. You know, these people are, are, are crazy and, and you've, you lose these, these friendships, uh, you know, that, that, and, and again, for me, it's just like, it's one of those things that's disappointing. Um, uh, but you move on, you know, you carry on. But the other problem is, you know, you are in this place of, of, oh, you know, here, here, this should be my people, you know? So you, you go to town and you see another white guy, you know, cause in South Africa, it's like, you know, it's, it's one, it's one to 20, you know, or so like one white guy for every 20 other ethnicities, you know, so you see another white guy and you're like, Hey, my people, you know, my guy that used to, you know, you drive past someone, you wave, you know, you go, you go to the store, you, you acknowledge, uh, your people. Now everyone's got a mask on, you know, cause it's a, it's a, a arrestable crime here in South Africa to, to not have a mask in a public place. So you have this shattering of social bonds because, you know, you have this mask on, so you can't, you can't see someone, you don't, number one, you can't see the person, you don't know who he is. Number two, you can't have any reaction. Number three, you don't know if he's a, a moron, you know? And so you're like, <laughs> you know, it's absolutely like, man, you know, the, the absolute, the absolute state, you know, of it all. So I, I had this kind of black pill that I had to get over. And I was just praying to the Lord and I was like, Lord, you know, how do I deal with all this stuff? What am I dealing with here? And again, it's, it's a wonderful lesson of like, of no despair, no victimhood. Like we're not victims. Like, yes, bad things happen to us. Yes. Our people have been dismantled. Yes. Uh, forces beyond our control have, have uh, acted to subjugate us. 
you know, yes, our, you know, the, the Anglosphere peoples, the Western peoples, the, the, uh, whatever you want to call, uh, your people group, you know, yes, we've been, we've been totally deracinated and decultured and, uh, denationalized. We've been, uh, dispossessed of our institutions, et cetera, et cetera. You know, all of this kind of, we are born our generation, you know, the, the boomers were kind of the last <laughs> possessors of Christendom. And, and here we are, you know, we have nothing to inherit. Or we are inheriting a clown world, we're inheriting ruins, we're inheriting malicious uh, tribes who who uh, are hostile toward us. Uh, we are we are inheriting, you know, what a time to be alive. You know, for, you know that whole Gandalf, you know, I, I, I was quite affected by my, my, uh, my trilogy watching the Lord of the Rings, um, you know, but, but that, that classic Gandalf saying of, you know, Frodo saying, I wish this hadn't happened in our time. You know, we all wish we had been born boomers, you know? <laughs> um, and then, you know, Gandalf says, uh, you know, it's, it's not up to us, uh, to decide what time we are in, but what to do with the time that is given us, you know, it's, it's exactly the same thing of having a theology of God, you know, God predestined our boundaries and our times uh, for us personally to be here at such a time as this, not to suffer, not to languish in misery, not to, uh, you know, despair and all that, but, but to play a part, to play a part in the lineage of our peoples, to play a part in uh, the story that God wants of humanity, of history, of, of, of Christendom, you know? Um, and even if that story is only to be a faithful remnant so that maybe our children's children, uh, can be the ones who who go into the promised land, uh, you know, as it were, of a of a Christian civilization again, for their people in their place. But it really got me to to really trying to understand again. You know, I've I've obviously had to forgive the Africans, you know, because there's there's an intense resentment that wells up. There's an intense disappointment. There's an intense anger that was once beautiful is now destroyed. Um, you know, and so, and so I, I had to forgive the 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 african uh you know and it's not it's not the everyday npc it's not the everyday it's it's the those in power it's those in institutional power it's those in political power and church power and academic power media power economic power who are willfully destroying uh you know a once great uh infrastructure um a, a once great land you know and so you have to forgive because you don't want to be consumed uh, with anger and resentment. Uh, and at the same time, you don't forgive and be like, all right, I'm a rainbow nation guy. You know, we're all South African now, you know, no, those, those days are gone. Those days are, are, are past, you know, those, those days are no more. Uh, so where, where do I stand now? You know, I I'm very concerned with my people, you know, before back in the day, back in, in the liberal days, back in the libertarian days, back in the kind of mainstream conservative days, I was very concerned with the welfare of the blacks. I was very concerned with making sure that all humanity was served, that all humanity was loved and, and, and brought along and uh, looked after, you know, and then you have this, you have this dark night of the, <laughs> the dark night of the soul, you know, of, of coming to terms with, with the realities um, of we are the only people group who are not being reciprocated. We are the only people group who are not being looked after in return. We are the only people group who are being ganged up against, who are being um, 
indentured who are being uh, bonded to serve everybody else's interests uh, but but never to even have our own interests you know that that whole that whole thing of is it okay to be white you know having a little post that says it's okay to be white the fact that that is offensive the fact that even we feel like ooh I can't say that you know the fact that you can't even have your own interests uh, to have your own in group you know this this uh, kind of stirring again this realization so I, I really feel you know that that song um, oh come oh come Emmanuel uh, and rescue captive Israel. You know, it's a, it's a beautiful lament. It's a beautiful song that really captures the heart um, of our people now. You know, if you believe in this in in this theology of of we are the new Israel, the the Christian uh, the Christian man of any race, whatever race you are. You know, you could literally be a Christian Jap Japanese Christian. You know, and you should believe that your Japanese Christian people are the new Israel. You are the Israel of God. You are the chosen people of God. You can be a freaking pygmy in the jungle of equatorial, deepest, darkest Africa. And if you are saved, the saving blood of Christ Jesus, you are now the new Israel. Your pygmy tribe are the new Israel of God. You know, nationhood for every tribe and tongue, Christ for every nation. Every tribe and tongue will bow before Christ. It's not the abrogation of the tribes. It's not the abrogation of the nations. God wants the, the discipleship of the nations, you know. And so we have a nation. Us Anglos, us Anglo peoples, whether we're in Canada, America, South Africa, Rhodesia, Australia, New Zealand, Britain, us Anglo peoples, us English-speaking white people who have a heritage of some sort of Anglo heritage, we we are a nation that God loves. You know, we, we have our own sins. We have our own pathologies and weaknesses. Uh, but we are made in the image of God. We are made for the glory of God. You know, if you have four children, each child is different. Each child has his own personality, his own way of thinking and doing things, and his strengths and his weaknesses. You know, if you love these three children, but but oh, this child, no, he he's bad. He must act better like these three children. It's like, no, you love all your children. You love all your children. And you wish that all your children would grow up to be mature uh, in the Lord and, and, and to have their own personality fully mature and be expressed, but unto the Lord and for the glory of, and to the, the goodness of all his brothers. You know, and so if you take Acts 17, 26 onward, you know, from one blood, uh, all men uh, are, are created. You know, so so regardless of your ethnicity, you know, we are we are kindred brothers in Christ. You know, so that's why we can be uh, of good. You know, that's why I, I have to forgive my African brothers. You know, I have to forgive my Jewish brothers. I have to forgive. You know, name your ethnicity that has wronged you. You have to forgive them because at the end of the day, they are created by God, right? It doesn't mean you now let them into your home and you just let them carry on abusing you and exploiting you. No, no, no. You can put up boundaries because they're not honoring you. They're not respecting you. But it doesn't mean that you now have to fall to grievance and fall to revenge because revenge is the Lord's. And we believe that. So you forgive and you bless. But we have now got to build for our own people. We've got to build for to our own expression of our personality, of our sonship that God has given us specifically, right? So it is to God's glory that we become Anglo as unto the Lord, 
You know, if you're American or Southerner or Texan or Canadian or, you know, uh, Japanese or French or uh, Australian or, or Zulu, like it doesn't matter what your ethnicity is, but you've got to become it as unto the Lord. Our ethnicity is our hardware. You're not going to get away, you know, this absolute drivel crap, this midwit take of there is no Greek or Jew in Christ, brothers. It's like it's saying there is no ethnic prohibition on becoming Christian. You know, it's what some of these guys all come in and say of like, well, you know, the whites are the only Christians. It's like, no, no, that that there is no Greek or Jew in Christ. But, it, you know, it's none of this dribble that goes the other way of like, but now there's no ethnicity, brothers. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a mongoloid, mongrelized uh, cog that can fit in the internationalist cosmopolitan system because there is no Greek or Jew. It's like, no, I, I rebuke that crap as well. It's as equally sinful as the guys who say that only whites can be saved. You know, it's it's both camps. You know, of course, a Zulu can be saved. Of course, of course a Japanese can be saved. But it also doesn't mean that I now have to lose my identity because there's now a Japanese in the room, because there's now a Zulu in the room. It's like, no, 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 I'm an Anglo and I'm very happy to be an Anglo and I will be an Anglo as unto the Lord. I will be the absolute meme Anglo. I am going to be, I'm living the meme, chaps. Let me tell you, you know. To the glory of God, to the glory of God, God is pleased, you know, that we embrace who he has made us to be, to the glory of him. And, you know, it, it is to bless others. Yeah, of course, it's to bless others. RJJ, welcome, my Kangs. But Max, civilization can only be maintained by civilized men. That is right, you know. And I've said this of, of where we are in South Africa, the, the ruling... Uh, I don't know how to describe this group in South Africa, but they cannot create civilization. They cannot, cannot create infrastructure. They cannot create order. They cannot create. They can only consume. And man, are they good at consuming. They love the Western lifestyle. They love to consume the Western lifestyle, but they cannot create it or maintain it. <laughs> Andrew, what's up, my bro? How's it? Good to have you on, man. Who dares wins? Welcome. Fine, sir. W Laser and Nick, welcome, brothers. It's so wonderful to have you on. Thanks for popping on. It's uh, at first, uh, it's amazing when you you don't have Wi-Fi. And like I miss all these guys. It's great. To, it's great to chat. Frankly, it's great to have the guys to uh, to you know. No, you're not crazy. No, you're not alone. There's seven thousand other dudes out there who are absolutely crushing. No, praise God. So anyway, you know, with this whole ramble, it's really being back here in South Africa. It really uh, gives you the absolute, it's like, give me the truth, doctor, <laughs> you know? It's like when things are, are, are bad, it's like you can see more clearly, you know? And so, so it really got, got me to this place of like, who are the people looking out for our interests, you know? Living in a multinational state, a multicultural, multi-ethnic state. The state, what is the purpose of the state? What is the purpose of a government? It's to serve and protect the interests of its people group, its nation group, right? So you look at, at you know, uh, the, American, the American Revolution, right? It's a very good example of this because it's a breaking of a people group from a state, a government that was, in their opinion, not serving or protecting their interests, but using them to serve or protect another group's interests that was not them. You know, so they they felt 
they felt that they were not being represented. They felt that they were not being protected. They were not being served in their interests. In fact, they were in bondage to serve the interests of people in another place, of another people group. And so they create their own government. They create their own state to serve their, their people, their posterity, their nation. That is the purpose of a state, of a government. Every government on earth has a people group that it's, whose interests it serves. Right now, America does not serve the interests of that progeny, of that heritage people. It serves a bunch of oligarchs, uh, and it serves another nation across, across the sea, the interests of. And so, you, you, you know, a lot of people then become libertarians, right? And, and same in South Africa, right? In South Africa, there's, there's 15 odd uh, ethnic slash cultural groups. The government serves the interests of none of those groups. They, they just serve their own. It's a Leninist, corporatist uh, kind of government. They just serve the top 1,000 to top 10,000 uh, political cronies. That is the group of people that they are serving. You know, so of course there's a group they're serving. It's just this is the group that they're serving. So everyone else be damned. Everyone else are just pawns or slaves or cogs in the service of this group of people. <clears throat> and so uh, when you look at that, you're like, okay, you know, this was little white Scott, you know, five, ten, ten, ten years ago. Okay, I see that the government is not serving my people group or anyone else. I now hate government. I now hate the state. So you become a libertarian or an anarchist, right? And you're like an, an anarcho-capitalist. And you're like, everything must be privatized, you know, because you think that the corporatists will serve your interests. You think that businesses will serve your interests. And of course, businesses serve interests for a price. But you look at how it's progressed in America and South Africa, the, the, the oligarchs, they don't serve your interests. It's you know, you look at all these decisions they've made. They're not, they're not profit decisions. They're not cost decisions. It's power decisions. When the corporatists realize that they can buy and own the government, when they can regulate and own the state, all profit motives goes out the window. It's like, oh no, it's power. It's power, buddy. You know, so, so when you realize that as a libertarian, which is a very harsh and painful realization that the free market does not protect your interests. The free market does not serve your interests. The oligarchs and the corporatists don't protect your interests or serve your interests. They protect and serve their own interests. You're like, oh no, <laughs> you know, and you kind of, you kind of flounder around. And so you either go two routes, you become like the rampant, what do you call them? Like prim anarcho primitives or whatever. It's like destroy, not only destroy the state, but destroy the businesses too, you know, destroy everything. And just, if I can't have it, no one can destroy everything. Or you become a nationalist. You know, you become a nationalist. You're like, wait a minute, I have a people. And it's okay. It's okay to be white. It's good to be white. It's, you know, and and, and white is a signifier of tribelessness. You know, it's funny, whenever I talk, my, my brother uh, has married an Afrikaans girl. And uh, we're always talking and stuff. Whenever I, I mean to talk about us Anglos, I say whites. <laughs> because the Afrikaners aren't white, right? They are white. But they are Afrikaans. They have an in-group. They have a tribe. They have belonging. They have meaning. They have, they have a people. Us little white boys, us little Anglos, have been so deracinated, so detribalized. 
so de-ingrouped that, oh, white is our signifier. It's like white is not a signifier. I mean, it is. We're attacked as white. It's an easy signifier for attack. So our enemies attack us as white. But we cannot defend ourselves as white. And I'll tell you why. It's because not all whites want to be defended. Some whites are like, oh, I'm so evil. Please uh, punish me. <laughs> you know, I'm so bad. Punish me. <laughs> you know, and it's like, not my people. <laughs> you know, sorry, buddy. Like, we're not going to, you know, I was thinking about it today. I was like, you know, because it's impossible to, to like buy weapons and get weapons in South Africa. But I was thinking of like, if it ever came down to tribal warfare, like, and I had a cache of arms, feds, I do not. Um, and we are peaceful people. Our boog is not against flesh and blood. Our boog is against clowns in institutional high places. But I was thinking, like, I wouldn't just go around handing out weapons to white people. Like, oh, white guy, white guy, white guy, here go weapons. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. How do I know this white guy is not going to be that hideous creature in 300 that leads Xerxes, you know, to the back of the pass, you know? Like, you don't know. Like, 50% act, no, like, dude, South African whites are so liberal, so liberalized. 70%. 70% of South African English-speaking whites will sell you down the river just so that they don't get called racist, just so that they don't get, you know, ostracized. Oh, please, you know, old Boniface option. If you're not subscribed to his email, I, I highly su suggest it. But his latest email that he just sent out, he was basically saying how conservative uh, uh, politicians and academics and big media people, they all desperately want to, to be approved of by their enemies. You know, it's like, please approve of me. I'm not the bad conservative. I'm not the bad white. I'm not the bad, you know, and it's like, it's, it's just absolute dog show. And so that leaves us few, us happy few uh, who are, who are the remnant, you know, us, us happy few who love God, love our people and love our place. You know, it's that whole thing of you get, you get all these, these academics, conservative or reformed or whatever academics, you know, big shots. And they're all about anti-CRT and anti-Marxism and anti-liberalism and all this stuff. And it's like, are you a Christian nationalist? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, oh, no. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, do you love, do you love Jesus? Do you want to obey Jesus? Do you want the approval? Do you seek the approval of the Lord Jesus Christ? If you are, you are a Christian. Welcome to Christian. <laughs> do you love your people? If not, you're probably a libertarian, right? Do you love your people? Do you love Anglos or whatever your nation is? Whatever your nation is, put your nation in for this. But do you love the do you love your nation? Do you love your people? Do you love your place? You are a nationalist. You are a Christian nationalist, you know. And that's all we're saying is like no longer you know, this little remnant of us 7,000 dudes who will not bow the knee or kiss the ring of multiculturalism, we will not kiss the ring of libertarianism, we will not kiss the ring of feminism, we will not kiss the ring of globalism. Us few, us happy few who love God and love our place, you know, how invigorating. I'm like, no, nah, I'm done being punished. Like, I will not be punished. I will not punish myself. I will not let some other people groups who hate me for who... I was born for my heritage that God made. I will not, I will not uh, go along with this anymore. Like, no, I love my people. It's good to be white. It's good to be Anglo, you know, sorry, not sorry, you know? Uh, and so I think I'm just super pumped about that. You know, this, this kind of the stark realization 
of there's other dudes out there, you know, and, and it, it's, it's a, I feel like God is kind of like stirring. He's number one, he's sifting, right? He's showing everyone themselves. You know, this whole lockdown crap has been a showing. It's been a mirror for people. It's, it's a showing. And ironically, they're all put masks on the people who put on masks are the people who don't like what they were shown in the mirror. You know, they don't like who they were. And so now they're masking, you know, and it's like, oh, you're, you're, you're ashamed. You're ashamed of God. You're ashamed of your people. You're ashamed of your place. And so you mask and you hide and you attack and you betray, you know. And so it is with us few, us happy few, you know. I'm so pumped. That song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, uh, and Rescue Captive Israel, you know. Our people are captive, you know. My Anglo people, wherever we are in the Anglosphere, are captive of other people groups' interests. We are captive of other people groups' uh, states, uh, governments, mandates, uh, punishments. You know, we are the we are the tax cattle. We are the the infrastructural cattle of other people groups' interests. You know, we have no one advocating our interests. We have no political parties advocating our interests. We have very few churches advocating our interests. We have very few academics, media people, business people advocating for their people and their place. And so this is the great, this is the great uh, tool of observing the Amish. The Amish live without state protection power. And, and of course, people say, of course, they're protected, Scott. Of course, they're protected. They live in the most peaceful epoch of all time, you know, America. Of course, I agree 100%. What I'm saying is they don't deceive themselves into thinking that the American government is for them, that the American state is to serve their interests. They, they are not deceived. They understand that at any moment, all of these groups, you know, could, could care less about the Amish. And so they don't, they don't use the state. They don't use the courts. They don't use the schools and, the, and all of that. It's like, no, we build our own. We build our own because we, no one else out there is going to advocate for our interests. No one else out there is going to protect our interests. And of course, you know, we, we disagree with their pacifism and their, their non-armedness. Of course, we should arm ourselves. Of course, if people trespass, we should, we should reciprocate. Of course, if people uh, uh, abuse us, we should eject them. Of course, but I'm saying the model, the meme is so valuable. You know, we have to become neo-Amish in the fact that we don't, we don't consider ourselves American. We don't consider ourselves South African. We don't consider ourselves Canadian. We don't consider ourselves Australian, New Zealander, British. And are you saying, Scott, uh, I'm, I'm OG American. Of course I'm American. Uh, yeah, yes, of course. You're, you're an American Anglo. You know, I'm an African Anglo. But I'm not South African in the sense that I, I believe that the South African state, the South African government has my best interests at heart. No. You should not be believing that the American or the Canadian or the Australian or the New Zealand government has your best interests at heart. No. You are a slave to their people groups that they are serving. You know, whether it's the oligarchs, whether it's another country across the ocean, whether it's, uh, you know, what it, Satan himself. We cannot deceive ourselves into thinking that, well, maybe the government will one day be ours. Maybe our guy will take over the government, you know, 
And so that is actually incredibly freeing. It's incredibly freeing to let go of, and it's not to say retreat, don't retreat from your domain. If your domain is government, crush, but you're in government undercover, you're in government as a gray man for your people. You know, the story of Mordecai in the Bible, uh, the story of Daniel, the story of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, the story of uh, Jonathan protecting David. You know, there's so many stories of guys who are in a hostile government, a hostile state, but they are doing the work of government. They're doing the work, whatever your domain is, go and crush, even if it's a hostile company, a hostile government, a hostile media, a hostile academia, whatever, go become a man of influence but use it to look after your people's best interests. We've got to start becoming tribal. We've got to start becoming in-group heavy for our people. You know, and that's not a sinful thing. You know, it's not a thing of like, you know, and I, I always come back to the story of the Greek and the Hebrew, of the Hellenic and the Hebrew widows in the, in the book of Acts. I think it's like Acts 7, 8, 9, somewhere around there. But the, the Hebrew widows are getting all the in-group preference because all the deacons are Hebrew. And so they're getting all the preference. And so the Hellenistic widows, the Greek-speaking widows, are, are <laughs> no Greek or Jew, no Greek or Jew. You know, they're crying out to the apostles uh, for fair treatment because we're all Christians now. So the apostles don't go and smack all the Hebrew deacons and say, ooh, naughty racists, you naughty racists, don't you know there's no Greek or Jew? They don't go and smack all the Hebrew widows and be like, oh, you little, you naughties, you know, you should share with the Greeks and all this stuff. It's like, none of that happens. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're being overlooked. Your people group is being overlooked. Who Your people group that's not assimilated to this people group, they're separate. <laughs> oh, you're being overlooked? Hmm, that's, yeah, it's not good as Christian brothers. Sure, that's not good. Well, we'll appoint deacons to look after your interests. We'll appoint deacons for your people. You know, it's not evil to have in-group preference. It's not evil to look after your people first. You know, I was laughing the other day with old Fuentes and his thing, America first. I'm like, it's a great slogan. If America was your people, you know, like I'm at the point now where it's Anglo first, you know, Anglo first. Like that's my people. My people are the English speaking whites, you know, of of the Anglosphere world, you know, Anglo first, you know, and oh, Scott, you bastard, you want to go kill the blacks, you want to go kill the the Mexicans, you want to go, you know, it's like, what? Where do you get that from? It's it's such a straw man. It's like, no, I just care about, you know, it's like, I married my wife. Yeah, you married your wife, you bastard. That, does that mean you don't, you now want to go and kill every other woman? It's like, where, where are you getting this crap from? Who's who? Who are you listening to? Where are you getting this crap? You know, me loving my wife does not mean I hate every other woman in the world. It just means no other woman in the world gets to come into my house uninvited, gets to get access to my bank account, access to my fridge, access to my car. No, that's for my wife. She has special privileges. You know, it's not hateful to every other woman who's not your wife, who's not your mom, who's not your sister, who's not your daughter, your your kin, you know. And so they they meme you. They 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 strawman you and and all this stuff into thinking like if you don't take 7 billion Somalis into your city, then you're an evil bastard who's never been a Christian. You, your church is ashamed of you, you bastard. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, they will come here and ruin and destroy any hope 
of ever bringing this light there. You know, it's that whole thing of like, if they can't, you know, if they can't um, look after their own, bringing them all here to be a burden on us to look after them is, you know, it's the drowning thing. It's like, if you pull me, I'm, hey, two of us are in the water. I can swim. You can't. If you pull me down, we both drown. So stay over there. I'm going to lift you up and get you to shore, but don't pull me down. You know, that's what all this multiculturalism is like, oh, let's go pull them down, you know, and everyone drowns, everyone drowns. Tribalism is good. It's saying, no, 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 no. You don't come in here and pull us down. You don't come in here and destroy everything. We can come over there and save you if we feel like it, if we have, if we have the ability, if we have the calling, if we have the desire and the peace to do so, if there's reciprocity, if there's all the stuff, you know, and if people choose not to and just focus on their family, also God bless, God bless. There's no problem in that. You know, not everyone's a missionary, not everyone's a pastor, not everyone's a, a do-gooder. You know, of course, everyone's a do-gooder. You know, you go do, you do your work. That's crushing. Do your work. That's ministry. But, but I'm saying in the, in the essence of going and helping other people and, you know, helping them sort out their life. And it's like, that's up to their patriarchs. That's up to their fathers, their brothers, their pastors, their businessmen, their government leaders. You know, if Africa is a hellhole, what's it been now? Like 30, 40 years after independence and sovereignty and all this stuff. It's not my fault that it's a hellhole. It's not on me to go and save these poor people from destitution. It's not on me to go and show them how to be civilized. It's on their patriarchs. It's on their politicians. It's on their academics. It's on their businessmen, you know? And it's the same for our people, right? Our people are in bondage. My Anglo people are in bondage. We're in servitude. We're in captivity. We're in punishment. We're being punished. And so I'm praying to the Lord and saying, okay, Lord, I am a king that you are king of. You have put me on this earth to disciple the nations, my nation first, right? I need to go disciple my nation. So what can my nation do? I know that I have to, I cannot go and take blood. I'm not going to go and take blood at the state capital and boogaloo in a hula shirt because that's out of order, right? I am praying, however, that the Lord brings order to whatever that may be, whether it's a righteous war, whether it's a righteous boog, whether it's a uh, them provoking first, whatever. I don't, I don't care. God will bring about somehow a hard reset. God will bring about somehow a plucking us up from captivity and taking us into our promised land or an ejection of the parasites from our land. Whatever that is, come, O come, Emmanuel, and rescue us from captivity, you know. At the same time, I am a king that Christ is king of. I'm not a victim. No despair. We are now going to work in what we do have authority over, in what we do have in our hand. And what is that? It's family. All right, regardless of what's going on in clown world, our families are going to be sovereign. Our families are going to be the most meme Anglo families. You know, our culture is going to multiply and thrive. My children's children are going to be more Anglo than I ever was. Our local area, our institutions, our tribal institutions, we can do so much to learn from the Amish of like, it doesn't matter what's going on in clown world because we are a sovereign culturally. We're sovereign family. We're sovereign local economy. We're sovereign tribal institutions, you know? And it's from that space where it's like we are creating a remnant, a healthy, wholesome, energetic, wholesome remnant of our people so that when the time comes, because that's the other thing when you read the times, right? Acts 17, 26, God has ordained the times and the borders. So maybe our time has not yet come. Maybe our time is coming and we, we aren't prepared. We need to prepare. 
for the time to come when our people, there will be a time where God says, now, now's the time for your people to become independent. Now's the time for your people to take their freedom, their liberty. Now's the time for uh, us to take the wealth of the Egyptians and go to our promised land. I believe, I believe that time is coming, whether it is in my generation or my child's generation or my child's child's generation. I, it's not up to me. That's up to God. What's up to me is that when that time comes, we're ready. We're ready. We're sovereign. We're powerful. We're strong. We're joyful warriors. You know, we didn't squander it on despair and black pill and nihilism and individualism and, you know, feminism and libertarianism, you know. What a time to be alive, chaps, you know, frankly. Praise God. Mr. Max, you have to be careful that this white guy is not a fellow white. Yeah, exactly, you know, and, and that's this whole thing as well, chaps. You know, it's good to it's good to get to this place of distrusting people, you know, because a lot of people are like, oh, but Scott, he's a Christian or he's a, you know, whatever it is, he's a conservative or whatever. And it's like, no, like, the fruit of their lives, number one, is the most important thing. Do they have a wholesome, sovereign family? If your family is not sovereign from clown world, if your kids are all liberalized, if your wife's a feminist, if you're a libertarian, it's like, sorry, chap, you know, you're a fellow white, <laughs> you know, you're not, you're not safe. You're not part of our new tribe we're building, you know, if you want to build with guys who you can trust implicitly. And again, for most guys, it's going to be three or four dudes. That's going to be the start of your tribe of dudes you can trust, you know. RJJ, Dan Root coined the term Wessons, white, English-speaking South Africans, compatible with Africana culture and interests. Yeah, that's a really good, that's a really good term. You know, um, I refer to myself as a, as a African Anglo, but it's like, that's so broad, you know, it could be Rhodesian, could be Kenyan, could be, you know, this, and we're obviously all a very adjacent, similar people, you know, KPs, Natal boys, Eastern Cape boys. Yeah, Joburg chaps, I'll let you in. <laughs> but uh, that's a good one. You know, Wessons, uh, the Saffirs, eh? <laughs> you know, but but that's it. It's it's us English-speaking boys who realize we have interests. And it's like, no, I'm going to advocate and protect and serve my people's interests. And it's good, you know. And that's the distinction. Because all the liberal English-speaking people, dude, you know, when I was a Rainbow Nation boy, it's like, anybody but your own, you know, you'll serve anybody else's interests, but your own. And it's like uh, spit on that crap. <clears throat> Mr. Max trying to be like your enemies begging on your knees and groveling is so weak. It it, it's dude. It's disgusting. You know, it is, it's a gang. It's disgusting. Christopher, welcome. Fun sir. I uh, just saw you alive and probably cannot stay the whole time, but thank you for the white pills. I've had a lot of personal losses lately and finding your channel has been a shame. Oh, praise God, brother. And God bless you, man. Yep. God bless you. Thank you. W. Laser, if whites in South Africa are still majority liberal, despite the current state of affairs, it proves that accelerationists are wrong. Scott is right. Institutional power is what matters. Thank you, Fancer. Yeah, this whole thing of accelerationism, you know, it's, I've always wavered on that because you'll see the accelerationist bros and I'll be like, maybe, maybe, you know. <laughs> but it's exactly that, man. South Africa proves it. South Africa proves you can literally be, the power can be out eight hours a day. The roads can be mud and holes there can be 50 murders outside your door and 150 rapes every day you know the fires can be like this is fine <laughs> you know it's like yeah accelerationism is a is a cope it's it's a bunch of crap um institutional power is what matters you know it's exactly that the npcs follow power you know 
It's exactly that, you know, and it's going to be this whole thing with, with us, you know, loving our NPCs. And that's why forgiveness is so important, chaps. We cannot resent them. I'm bloody angry at the NPCs, but I forgive them. I, I, I will not resent them. I will not uh, be aggrieved at them because at the end of the day, they're NPCs who follow power. It's our job to build power, build power in your families, build power in your local economy, build power in your tribal uh, institutions. And then, you know, the normies that come under your influence, they will follow your software, your programming. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, Christopher, our people are captive. Yeah. And when you look at it that way, you know, you have compassion on the normies, you know, because we are captive. We're captive uh, to usury and we're captive to degeneracy and we're captive to punish, to uh, outgroup punishment, you know. And then you can have compassion. You can have compassion. Um, RJJ. The majority have their heads in the sand, but yes, Gideon only needed 300. Institutional power. Praise God. Mr. Max, if you're OG American and want to see yourself as American, fine. But then know that the government is neither for, is neither by nor for. That's really good. But then know that the government is neither by nor for your people. It is occupied. You have to understand that. Christopher. God has well over 7,000 faithful. Yeah, praise God. And the way I like to look at that as well is for each of our tribes, you know, the wherever your people group, you know, because it's tribe and tongue, right? So we're all Anglos. We're all English-speaking guys here. But your where your dialect is, where your little group of people is, your geographic area, I like to look at it. That's a huge white color. Like around me right now in my area where I'm at, there's 7,000 dudes. Like God has left a remnant of 7,000 people. And it's like, man, that is mind-blowing. Like, God, thank you. There's 7,000 people who have not bowed the knee in my people group area, you know, and, and you put all those little tribes together and, and that becomes Christendom, you know, praise God. <clears throat> uh, Christopher, I'm from America, but God is judging our people harshly, abortion, etc. Yeah. And, and even to, to say that, you know, like, I, I think our people group, our remnant, you know, it's important for us. I've, I've been meditating very much on the whole Deuteronomy 28 thing and, and the, the chat I had with old John Knoll. But Deuteronomy 28 is not an individual. It is a blessing on the, the individual people within a group, but it's, not an, it's, it's, a, it's a people group blessing. It's not an individual blessing. And that whole uh, thing, I think it's in a, excuse my, my trying to just pull this up here, but I think it's in Isaiah or... Uh, Elijah, I can't remember who it was, but the whole thing of, uh, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, turn from their, their wicked ways, repent, I will hear, uh, them and heal their land. You know, the amount of prayer meetings in South Africa where you have all these people, Oh God, we repent. It's like, no, your people group, who are the institutional leaders of your people group? You know, so right now in South Africa, the, the, who are the, the leaders of the Afrikaans people group? They are the ones who need to repent. Who are the leaders of the English people group? They are the ones who need to repent. Then God will hear and come and heal our land. You know, it's an institutional blessing. It's a people group blessing. And it's the same in America, you know. Who are your people group's institutional leaders? You know, because... It's not, you know, if you think of your people group, you know, if you're where my wife is from up in the Midwest, the Midwestern good OG Anglo-Germanic stock 
there are good people. You know, they are, oh, Scott, no one's good. Okay, screw that stuff. I'm saying they are a heritage Christian people who want to do the right thing. They want to please the Lord, right? It is the institutions that are wicked. It's the institutional church that is wicked. It's the institutional media, academia, government, uh, uh, corporates that are wicked. And God is judging them harshly. God is, and of course, we're all along for the ride. And that's why I say it's up to us to foresee danger, foresee God destroying these wicked rulers and prepare ourselves for number one, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the wise. The institutions are laid up for us, but we have to be in a place where we're not, oh, la, 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 I'm part of this government. I'm part of these. And then you get destroyed along with them because you couldn't hide yourself. You know, it's a really good point there, Christopher. Uh, Mr. Max, the people in institutional powers are opposed to God. Yeah, exactly what we're saying. Yep. RJJ, I love it when the liberals amongst us say, but this isn't what Madiba would have wanted. <laughs> oh, Madiba. Good old mad Eba. <clears throat> so funny. Alan, welcome, fine sir. Anglos need to repent and ask forgiveness from the Prussians. Dude, I'm reading a book at the moment about the history of uh, the Austrian-German alliance and how the statecraft at that, at that point in 1905. Dude, fascinating stuff, man. But basically, uh, the Germans were having a problem. Uh, they were stuck between uh, Russia, Great Britain, as the two huge powers going on. Uh, obviously France, but but they had defeated France in 1870, so they were they were ascendant. Uh, but the the Austro-Hungarian Empire was falling apart to multiculturalism. It was just absolutely a shambles. It was in the decadent phase. Their boomer Germans, because it was a, a primarily German uh, uh, institutional power over Austria, their boomers had given over power to the Czechs. So now the Czechs were trying to oust the Germans and there was institutional war within the Austrian empire and it was falling apart. It was a crumble. It was a shambles. And so the, the historians were like lamenting how Germany should never have allied with Austria. They should have chosen one of two ways. They should have allied with Russia against uh, Great Britain and gone on a colonial gone for England's colonies. Or they should have allied with England against Russia and gone for Lebensraum into into Russia's lands, uh, and and you know left Austria to its own crumble. Uh, and World War One would have been averted. There would have been a regional war between either Prussia and and Russia, or Prussia and Great Britain. But it would never have been this huge big world war. It's a dude. It's just mind blowing when you start getting into all of this our history and stuff, and you're like, man, you know. God for the wisdom of a few good statesmen, you know. Uh, Christopher, I live in Michigan and looking like we will stay to support a tiny faithful church, but it is wicked here. May the Lord protect us and build us. Yeah, man. And and that's the great story as well of uh, putting the blood over, uh, what do they call it? Passover. The Passover, putting the blood over your door. This is the power of the family institution. You as the patriarch of your family can put the blood of Christ Jesus over your household. Put the blood of Christ Jesus over your household and you can, you know, it doesn't, it, it doesn't matter what clown world's trying to do. If you are, you have a sovereign family and you're protect, you know, you're not sending your kids out when, when, uh, into things that can be judged. You know, you're not sending your kids to school. You're not sending your kids to, uh, to the media and all this stuff. You know, you are 
painting the blood of Jesus over your family, your local economy, your business. You know, your business will not uh, dip its toe in the wickedness. You know, your church will not dip its toe in the wickedness. Your tribal institutions will not dip its toe. You've got the blood of Jesus, my brother. You know, and it's like, we are blessed. We are a blessed people. Even in Babylon, even under captivity of Carmel, we are blessed because we have we have we have put the blood of Jesus over our institutions. And as the institutional leader of my home, God, I have repented and have come to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And so now God has heard my prayer and is healing my institutions. So my institutions will be blessed regardless of what's going on in Clown Lord, because I have the blood of Jesus over my doorposts, you know spiritually, metaphysically speaking. Um, and so God bless that little church, brother. God bless your family. God bless your business, your job, your economy. Uh, you know, and this is why it's so important to provide, you know, this is why even for me with this media thing, I I've come to realize like, it's not, it's not enough for me to be some libertarian boy who just gives media commentary. It's like, okay, no, we actually need to start organizing. We need to start creating institutions so that people can come under our institutional leadership, which is unto the Lord, because then they're protected. They have a form of blessing, you know? So it's really good, bro. You know, thinking all these things out of, do I stay here? You know, am I able to have a few institutions where we can run uh, for, for protection from clown Lord, for protection when the Lord judges outside, you know? Um, I'm thinking about Lot uh, and Abraham. You know, Lot went to to uh, uh, Gomorrah, Sodom and Gomorrah. It's an interesting lesson because Abraham obviously bargains with God and says, you know, if there's if there's five righteous men, and that was the failure of Lot. You know, God said, yeah, I will spare Lot. You know, if there's five righteous or ten righteous men, whatever the the number was. But what this is an indication of is Lot's absolute incompetence and in. Uh, ineffectiveness, what do you call it? Ineptitude at creating institutional power. You know, Abraham's household, his household, which means his family and his local economy, his household was over 300 trained men. So all of their families and stuff, Abraham was a absolute patriarchal Chad King boss machine of blessing. He created an institutional blessing for all of those people. Everybody who came under his institution came under his blessing. Lot was an absolute dud. He had not even five men, not even 10 men righteous under his institutional power. And there's a lesson for us. Yeah, so praise God. Well, praise God, gentlemen. This has been a wonderful uh, hour. I'm glad uh, this internet worked. Very grateful. Um, I should be... Uh, Back in the swing of things now quite regularly. Um, so praise God. But I really appreciate you guys. It was a fun chat. Um, it's just nice to process with all you guys. I feel very uplifted. Um, and uh, the rain can't get me down. Please stop playing uh, Toto. Rains in Africa. It is producing a lot of rains here. We need sunshine now. Start singing sunshine songs. Sunshine reggae is approved. Uh, what are some other sun songs? Here comes the, no, I don't, anyway, sing sunny songs for us, please, gentlemen. But praise God and uh, have a, a wonderful day further for all you guys. A good night for everyone over here. Um, <laughs> pray for the African internet. That's right. Anyway, gentlemen, uh, I bless you and uh, we'll see you all tomorrow. Praise God. Here comes the sun. That's right. On repeat.
See you, boys.